Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson presents guest host Elizabeth Kip. Elizabeth Kip is a chronic pain specialist, yoga-informed addiction recovery coach, ancestral clearing practitioner, yoga and meditation teacher, and international best-selling author of The Way Through Chronic Pain, Tools to Reclaim Your Healing Power. She focuses on helping people realize the power of their inherent healing. Elizabeth healed from over 40 years of chronic pain, including anxiety, panic attacks, and 32 years of addiction to prescribed opiate and benzodiazepine medication. She now works to help others achieve the same healing that she experienced directly from the work she teaches. In addition, Elizabeth offers one-on-one -on -one and group sessions in stress and chronic pain management and addiction recovery, ancestral clearing, trauma-informed yoga, and meditation. Scenting, reclaiming your healing power. Hello, and welcome to Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson. Me, I'm your host, Daniel Jackson. And today, we have a very special guest on the show. Her name is Elizabeth Kipp. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you doing today? Hi, Daniel. I'm great. So great to be here. And I'm excited to share you with my listeners. Yes, I'm excited because I was reading your your uh, bio uh, when you sent it to me. And uh, lady, you got a lot going on, <laughs> which is cool because you give uh, you have a lot to offer someone and not just like a like a, a, a one trick pony type of thing. Mm -hmm. and, and that's great because people need to be able to have options, but not just options, but good options. And uh, you have a lot of good options here. So if you wouldn't mind, tell my audience what it is that you do. Thank you. Yes, I'm a, a, a stress management special, specialist who, who really concentrates on chronic pain. Um, I have uh, over 40 years of experience living in chronic pain, and then I healed from it. So that's pretty amazing. Um, that is amazing. I, I'm a, a trauma-trained and yoga-informed addiction recovery coach, ancestral clearing teacher, yoga and meditation teacher. Holy so, mackerel. Yeah, that is a lot, isn't it? But all this, it sounds like a lot of things, but all those things fit under the, the, the cap of the one hat of stress management. And it just depends on who is sitting in front of me and what their situation is as to what tool I bring to the table. I normally bring in ancestral clearing first because we come into this life with the gift and the burden of our ancestors. And, and if we had glasses on, they'd be kind of uh, blurred by the burden that we carry. Yeah. So I help them. Ancestral clearing helps clear that. And then we can work on kind of what's left, you know, in this lifetime. Yeah. Kind of when thing. I, uh, when people ask me with, with readings and stuff like that and and they always like to ask me how many times they've been here, you know, how many lives they've been here. And I always tell them, you know, everything that makes up your life now is what has been carried through from your previous lives. And that's not, that's not always good stuff. Sometimes there's some anguish and some pain and 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 these things need to be uh, let go of. And you but you, you need to either go to a specialist like you or just. Try to figure it out yourself, but it's not always easy to figure stuff out like that yourself. You need someone who who is a professional in this business who can help you with that, and that is you. Yes, thank you. And I I really um I love the work. It's I mean between an ancestral clearing session, um, giving hope to somebody who has chronic pain and doesn't think that they're ever going to heal from it. That's oh. kind of up there too. And then the other thing is teaching yoga, a kundalini yoga to, to somebody who's never, ever experienced it before. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that, that big word in there, uh, hope. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to see when you're going through this type of pain 
uh, it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and and they need to know that, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel at the end of the tunnel. And uh, they need to have some hope and, and and try to have some faith in this that, you know, you're not always going to be feeling this way. Uh, but in order to get yourself out of this way, you have to be proactive with it. You have to get up and try to find someone who can help you. You can't just sit there and expect it just to happen. It's, it's, it's going to happen by you being a part of it as well. Oh, for sure. We have to take responsibility. I, I, um, I break it down that our health, um, 20% of my health, the responsibility for my health, I give to the entire healthcare community. Sure. The other 80%, the other 80% is between me and higher power, whatever that is, consciousness, God, energy, creator, whatever you want to call that. Dead. in that energy yeah, yeah right yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and 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 for me uh when i first came into this uh because i've seen spirit my entire life i just didn't know why but now that i've been in and around with these with people and and going out because i always stress to people go out and find your people go out and find someone who can help you and uh and being within that space, uh, I didn't realize how many practitioners, how many people who are out there who can help us. They just, we just don't see it because we don't really pay attention to it, but it is becoming more acceptable lately these days, which is a good thing. Yes, it's exciting. People are finally, um, you know, ancestral clearing really was a really far out on the fringe there for a long time, but people are understanding the impact that yeah. our ancestral, just the, the, the stuff the ancestors have been through, how it affects us. They're understanding what you said earlier, that all the information that was gleaned in past generations comes, comes through the DNA, uh, the, the, the energetic body. And, you know, um, we're all entangled. Physics tells us yes. we're not just connected, we're entangled. Yes. And it's not just it's not just uh, in the present moment, it's 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 in the it's in the past as well. So the present moment, we access past, present, and future all at once. That's one of the amazing things that we learn from quantum physics. So I have this foot in the science world, but I have the other foot in the spiritual world, and I'm kind of a bridge between them. Well, that's a good way to keep yourself balanced, isn't it? Well, it's a, it's it's a it's a way. I I try. <laughs> yeah, but it's a way that works for you, and if it works for you, it's able to help you doing what you do, which is you know you have a little bit of both. You're not just coming from one side. You have a couple of different aspects that you can uh, you can work uh, for yourself and then for your for the people that you're helping at the same time. Yeah, it depends on what language they need to they need to hear. Right. Yeah. Some people just they want straight science and other people are like, I don't even want you to say the word. And other people want the bridge between both worlds. So it's it's kind of whatever, whatever um, uh, somebody needs that's in front of me. I, I I do my best to bring that. Right. If you uh, in, in the sense of looking at a book, you know, if you if you can't help them with one page, you just move to the next page. And that's uh, that's that's great to be able to do, because, like I said, you're not like a one trick pony where. They can only come to you for one thing. You can you can look at it from different aspects and still be able to help them. 
So how long have you been doing this total? I uh, started in 2014 with the business and, um, but I, 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 I had, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I had chronic pain for 40 year over 40 years and I was on medication, pain, opiates and benzodiazepines, which is an anti-anxiety drug for 32 of those as the doctors, that's all they had. That's all they right. knew to give. That was, that was the model they were working under and that was what they had. And, and it just took me a while to find a different answer. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I agree. I, I, uh, I tell that to people a lot that, uh, you know, you could go out and, and find other ways to help yourself other than just going to a doctor who's going to do one of two things. One, give you a bunch of pills, and two, uh, maybe send you to another specialist who can try to talk you out of this. But uh, that all that doesn't always work. There's, there's other ways, there's other avenues to reach out to, but you have to research. You have to go out and look for these things. You can't just expect a doctor to send you to someone like you because they don't always think about things in the in those types of terms, you know. They are all they're always concerned with just the medicine side of it. And there's another there's another spiritual way to do things as well. And, and this is what you do. I I do. I, I also do um I also work with the nervous system. So I, I'm I'm kind of an integrated practitioner. Um the Western medical model is limited. Yeah. Um, because of their training by definition. Yeah. And so when I sit in front of a healer, Daniel, I ask this question as a, as a patient, right? Or as a client, what's the lens, this person, this healer I'm sitting in front of, what's the lens they're looking through, right? Because everybody's looking through a different lens and what's the value of that perspective what what value is that going to bring to me in this moment? How can it add to what I'm already working with? That's kind of the way I, I do that because everybody has something to offer. This is not a diss for doctors. It's not about that. It's right. just that different practitioners have different limitations because of the lens they're looking through. That's true of any human on the planet. Yes, they all have a they all have a different perception of things. Yeah. And and because of that different perception. Uh, and other people who have a different perception of looking at things too. Again, what the way that you do things and what you do for people is is outside of just what we would basically call the norm. Uh, but I would hope that people would look towards you nowadays and just looking at the norm because. I think people are getting tired tired of the normal. They're, I think they're I think they want other options. I, I think they want to be healed in other ways that doesn't just sit in, uh, in an office waiting for your doctor's appointment to happen. And uh, mm -hmm. if you were late, you're going to get charged for it. But if you're on time, you're going to sit for three hours. So uh, you know nobody wants that. They get tired of that after a while. They want to come to someone who's going to help them right away. Mm -hmm. Well, I give you an example of. You're really talking about people who are looking for someone who's working on the edge of the paradigm. Yeah. Which I always love sitting there in the science world. I'm like, where are we on the edge of the paradigm? Who's working here? And what are they discovering? What are the questions that they're asking? Right. And so one of the things that we've learned, for instance, about chronic pain 
um, we've we've uh, we now uh, can view it through the lens of uh, safety and Stephen Porch, Dr. Dr. Stephen Porch's polyvagal theory, which is all about the the tenth cranial nerve, the way that the tenth cranial nerve uh, is a th our threat assessment system. It, it it it's this wandering. It's called the vagus nerve. Vagus means wandering. It's connected to all the organs in the body. It comes up in the face and and um, uh, the ears and and uh, the throat and 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 it goes as I said it goes then into all the organs so it it it's it's getting um, it's taking information up into the brain and then the brain is bringing information down the vagus nerve into the system. This is a little sciency, but you're not going to walk into a straight up Western doctor's uh, office and hear this, right? So what we're learning about chronic pain is. Remember, I said the vagus nerve is this threat assessment system. So it and it and it and it's our regulation system. We co you and I are co-regulating right now. My nervous system is looking at your nervous system, and your nervous system is saying, "Is this guy safe?" And you're doing the same to me. And we're having this conversation, and and it, and and we're having a good conversation, right? But, but our nervous system is actually telling us in the body. Both of us are feeling comfortable in the body right now because the nervous right. system. The vagus nervous saying we're safe. In the chronic pain experience, the nervous system does not feel safe. And I don't care how many positive um, affirmations you might want to give. Yeah. Uh, if the body, if the nervous system doesn't feel safe, right. it doesn't matter what the mind, because the, the, the psychology follows the physiology. Yeah. And in the same way, I tell people, like, if you're going to see someone, if you're around some someone say you go to say i always say if you, if you go to, you don't have to just come to me as a medium go look at other mediums but also do your research but even if you show up uh at the place where this medium is or other practitioner is and you just don't feel uh a good sense about it if you don't get a good you don't resonate with this person because you're not going to know until you're actually there you can see pictures you can read up on them all you want to they could be some famous person. It doesn't make a difference. When you get there, if you get a feeling that your gut is telling you, your insides are telling you, this is not the place to be, turn around and walk away. Yeah, exactly. And you know what that is? That's the vagus nerve. Yeah. <laughs> That's the vagus nerve. It, it's this amazing, um, it's quite remarkable. So um, that's just kind of like, kind of newer science. And, yeah. and kind of what's sitting on the edge of the paradigm there. On the other side of the paradigm would be something like ancestral clearing, which is, well, what is that? Well, you know, we're, we're learning and science is discovering this. We're, we're, we, we come up against one of the things, one of the types of people that I work with are um, descendants of people that were in the Holocaust. And also work with um, people who've experienced, uh, whose parents experienced, or ancestors experienced slavery. Mm. Also, I'm sitting in Lawrence, Kansas, which is the home to the largest and oldest indigenous American college. And so when I do live uh, ancestral clearing events uh, in the Kansas City area, uh, 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 we end up working with um, people that have indigenous American blood. And what do all those have in common? Man, there's a lot they of psychological have, stuff going on right there. What they have in common 
is they all have difficulty accessing joy and they have no idea why. Right. Right. But if you look at their if they look at their ancestry and help them and take them through the process of of um, this uh, clearing process, it's very interesting how they that that weight that they're carrying just just it just li- it's very interesting. It just lifts off. Yeah, absolutely. I I uh, experienced something like that uh, in my life. Uh, I used to work in a prison system for a while, and uh, and people. When they look at uh, people who are in prison, these inmates, they always just look at them as being the person who is responsible for what they did. But I worked in medical records and I was able to look at the psychological part of it. And, you know, sometimes these people just came from very broken families uh, and they carry that weight on themselves unknowingly. And uh, because this is this is just all they know. They've never really learned right from wrong. Uh, and then they just carry it throughout the rest of their lives, not knowing really where it came from, but it still just continues on. And, and they can't seem to get rid of it because they don't know how to get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. This is also Dr. Kapoor's work in, and, and Dr. Bessel van der Kolk's work in, in unresolved trauma. Uh, they, uh, Dr. Mate did a beautiful movie recently called The Wisdom of Trauma. And, and part of that movie was... Um, it took people into the prison system and they and they interviewed prisoners and you could see that they they suffered um they suffered um all kinds of trauma that that was still unresolved in their yeah. in their bodies and 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 that was that was the problem yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it was it was actually it was actually really kind of very really tragic but i was so grateful that they made this movie the wisdom of trauma because it really brought the whole this whole thing we're talking about to the forefront. So all of a sudden he does a process called compassionate inquiry. I'm in that training now. It's a year long uh, professional online training in his method, compassionate inquiry. And it's a, it's a way of, of helping to um, it's an approach. It's not a therapeutic method. It's an approach to um, helping somebody um, um, it's with their with the with the stuff that they carry sure sure because yeah I mean people just forget you know they just see them as being uh, inmates or in in any type of capacity we're all people we're, we've, we've all uh, I always tell everyone uh, not to judge people I always and I the way to explain it to them is, you know, when you see something coming up on you and you look at them and you feel like you're about to judge that person, just take a self-inventory of yourself and think about all the crap that you have gone through your entire life. And then look at that person and just imagine they've probably gone through some crap themselves. And at that point, then you just bite your tongue and walk away. Because why? Because we're all the same. We're all equal. We, we all have gone through some type of trauma in our lives. And some of us are able to let it go, but not everyone is. So uh, you just at that point, you have to walk away and say, you know what, I, I, I need to stop looking at people so differently because we are all a lot the same. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, society has taught us to, uh, to feel these way about, this way about each other. Um, so I'm reading here. Uh, that you uh, not only do just uh, not just chronic pain, uh, but you also uh, include here anxiety and panic attacks. How do you treat someone uh, 
to help them get rid of uh, uh, panic attacks. I was just talking to a friend the other day who said he takes a bunch of medication because he has so many panic attacks. Yeah, I'm not a therapist. I have to say that straight up front. I'm not a therapist. Sure. I, I, I can't claim that. But I have been through this myself. And I can, I, what I do is I, I act as a coach with someone who has this, has panic attacks, uh, anxiety, who's working with a doctor or a therapist gotcha. and, needs, and needs support around that because I've, I've, I've walked the path from, from being in that space to being in a space of healing. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm a really good listener. It's interesting um, I don't like people to identify with their story. That would be a mistake. But oh. I like get lost in the in the become identified with the story because it's not who they are. Their the awareness is who they are, not the story, not that that. So right, some people can't seem to get away from the story. Yeah, but I don't like them to sit and live in that story. But I will. I do like to hear them tell it for about five minutes so that they actually can sit in front of someone who's actually had an experience similar to theirs and feel validated. Yeah. That's yeah I, being, it's different when you're sitting in front of a, a doctor or a therapist who's never had a panic attack. Right. And talking to them, they can't relate. So I, I, one of my strengths is, well, I've been there and I, and I can, I, I can, I can, I'm, I'm really good at spotting blocks, the blocks that people put up to healing. That's part of what I, I'm really good at that. Oh, well, I can't do this because of that. Well, that's a block. Let's look at that. <laughs> Let's what's driving that. Right. And so um, that's one of my, uh, the coaching part of that. Um, for instance, I have a client who's uh, trying to get off of benzodiazepine. She was on them for a long time they end up giving you more anxiety that, that you take them to help you clear anxiety. And then if you're on them too long, they end up giving it to you. So the nervous system gets all messed up. Well, so, there's a reason for that. We know uh, because there's no money in a cure. Well, there's, there's, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. saying physiologically that, that, um, that particular medication jazzes us up after a while, instead of calming us down. So, yeah. My job, um, I, this is why I have the, the yoga training and the trauma training, is because that's a, that's a nervous system that's dysregulated. And so I will help bring movement, breath work, and a certain very specific movement, meditation, things like that, sure. to help people calm down. Um, there are certain breath practices that are very useful. Um, for instance, le just left nostril breathing. Just breathing through the left nostril will stimulate the calming center in the brain. So it doesn't sound, it's actually, that's actually more scientific than it is spiritual, but um, uh, it's a spiritual experience to, to go from being all hyped up to, to, to being calmed down in about three yeah. minutes. Yeah, and, and you're correct. It, it has a lot to do with breathing. Uh, yeah. And one, once we take the time to, to start to concentrate on the breathing, and that's just the beginning of of slowing ourselves down and, and getting into a calmer state than we were previous to doing that. That's right. Yeah, it all starts with the breath. Really, the quality of, of the breath determines the quality of our life. Yeah. If you can find ease in the breath, in a long, deep breath, conscious breath, you can find ease in movement and you'll find ease in your life. Yes, yes, because we can't continue to, to run or walk through our lives 
constantly feeling like we are out of breath, meaning we are we have stretched ourselves out to the point and shallow breathing. Breathe, yes. Yep. Yeah. That's so. Do you yourself? Uh, I know. So you said you uh, you've been doing uh, yoga for quite some time. Do you do you practice or do yoga uh, throughout your day, or do you have time to do that, or or I how have do a- you- I How do you have, integrate I mean, that into the, the healing process? Yeah, I have a yoga practice that I do every morning called the sadhana. It's a yoga practice. Um, and uh, and then I teach a couple times a week. And then I have a practice at night. Wow. So the, the practice in the morning is, oh, it runs about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes, maybe an hour and a half, depending on how much time I have. I get up early to make sure I can do it. Sure. And then the evening practice is more half an hour, and my classes run anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. Wow! Yeah, my my wife uh, has been has been looking for a good yoga class around here. She she used to do yoga back when we were in Delaware. That's where we came from. And oh, I was born in Delaware. Where are you? Where, what part? Delaware. Wilmington. I was born in Wilmington. Wilmington. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I was in Southern. I was down in uh, Lower Delaware. It's called uh, the town was called Milford. And, I know Milford. Yeah, yeah we're, we're close to the beach. That's one of the reasons why uh, uh, we left here. That's not the main reason, but uh, because uh, we lived next to, to Route 1, the highway, uh, uh-huh. right next to it. And uh, they just fixed the highway about four years ago, and the traffic uh-huh. got worse. It was it, it was bumper-to-bumper traffic from Wednesday to Sunday uh, oh, because cool. they were all going to the beach. And you couldn't go anywhere, so we, we got tired of that. Plus, we don't really like uh, humidity and and. and uh-huh. Yeah, because who likes winter and humidity? Uh, nobody, uh, but uh, no humidity here. And winters here was we were here in December. It was only like fifty, so which is which was pretty nice. But uh, yeah, Delaware, that's eh, okay. But uh, yeah, we uh, she couldn't find a we she hasn't been able to find a good place to uh, to do yoga yet around here. She's still looking around. I've tried yoga, um, but I have difficulty bending. Uh, because of my my lower back, I had a, uh, a work accident about 12 years. Oh, uh, well, no, been 15 years ago, and um, I'm fused in my lower back. Yeah. Uh, so how much leg, of it is? Yeah. How much is that fused? Uh, L5, S1, and uh, and I have uh, four titanium screws in my lower back. So. Yeah. Well, you and I are very similar. I've got I'm L4 to S1, and I've got hardware in my back, a cage holding it together. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I ride motorcycles, and uh, but I have to. I can only get on motorcycles that actually kind of sit low to the ground. I have a a mm. friend who I was with the other day, and he was like, he bought a new motorcycle. He said, he said, hey, I have a seat on it, and I just looked at it, and I was like, and he's like, what's wrong? I was like. I'm seeing if I can get my leg over that. And I'm looking at it, and uh, the back end sits up a little high. Nope, can't do it. And he's like, really? I said, yeah, no, I can't lift my leg a certain height. So mm-hmm. I, I said, that's why I ride the motorcycle I do. He said, yeah, it sits low to the ground. I said, yes, yeah, so I can get my leg over. But other than that, no. Yeah, I just have difficulty with that. Is there, is there a way that uh, that you could suggest that I could change that? Well, I... I uh, I have to actually know a little bit more, but um, I'll say this. I, I teach trauma-informed yoga. It's a specialty. And um, my clients on my Thursday afternoon class are all chronic pain patients. Cool. I have one client there who's 
who was born with these, her hips were really displaced and she was in, she was in um, braces and stuff for a long time. She, she went to Shriners hospitals as a little wow. one. Wow. Wow. And she's in my class. Wow. And you can do my class. Wow. You can do this practice on the, sitting on the floor. You can do it sitting on a cushion. You can do it sitting on a chair. So it, and we yeah, don't I've heard do about it. that. I've heard about uh, chair yoga and, and yeah. there's, yeah. A, because that, and that's good because uh, again, when people think of uh, yoga, they think, okay, you're just going to be sitting on a floor. You're going to, you're going to do like an, uh, your legs are going to be like in an Indian position. I've never been able to do the Indian position. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they try to do that, make us do that when we were kids in school. So like mm -hmm. an Indian. And I was like, my legs don't move like that. And I was like, sure they do. And they come up and try to move my leg to go, Oh yeah, your leg doesn't move like that. I go, I wasn't lying, even though I was telling them when I was like six. But uh, but uh, they don't believe anybody. But uh, yeah, it's but there's always a will. There's always a way as long as you're again willing to do it. But you have to again, like I said, you got to be proactive, and you go you got to go out and find the ways to do it, and and find a way that's going to suit you and 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 be the best way for you. And and I had a friend tell me about that. Uh, uh, yoga from being in a chair. I was like, really? And I said, yeah. And then she showed me and I was like, oh, okay. Never thought of it. Yeah. Our job as yoga teachers um, is to be sensitive to uh, the students in the room and be aware of the uh, variations. I don't call them modifications. I call them variations. A modification in, in gives us a of, of, a of a position gives an impression of oh there's this perfect way and there's this other way and i don't <laughs> there's it's a variation right so we teach this is the way that i'm going to teach it this way and if that's difficult for you you have this option this option this option it depends on who's in the room i had yeah, one it's not about learning it per the perfect way. It's just learning a, a, about learning the way for you. Perfect, yeah, the perfect way for you. Absolutely. Yeah. So I had a client, um, a friend of mine, uh, some a few years back, who said, "Yoga? I can't do yoga." She said, "I because she's kind of overweight." And I and I looked at her and I was like, "What do you think? I am some yoga model on a on a yoga magazine? I teach yoga to real people." Right. And, and she laughed and and as she came into my class, we put her in a chair. She did the class and she was she was like, Oh my God, <laughs> this is amazing. So you know, yeah, you it, gotta, gave you her a chance to it, it gave her a chance to experience her body in a different way. Right. Right. Because she had a she had a perception of how it is by like seeing it on probably TV or movies or in a picture and said, if that's the way it is, I can't do that. And then That's probably right. never thought about it ever again until, you know, she came in contact with you. You know, and the other thing about yoga is, is it's, it's a, it's a spiritual practice. It's not a religion. Right. B, it's, um, it's an integrated practice. There's eight limbs in yoga and the physical part is just one. So um, when, when, um, so I have an integrated practice that includes all of those things. And some of it includes chanting and some of it includes meditation and um, some of it includes a, a code of ethics and uh, some of it's breath work. So it's, there's a lot of, um, 
there's there's a lot that it's just not been marketed very well in the United States. No, and, it hasn't. And, and my job as a teacher is to is to you know from from the yoga teacher point of view is is to try and try and do a little better bet a little better job of marketing. Yes, absolutely. Because being a teacher, you have to find all avenues for everyone, and you, so that's you yourself learning how to do things uh, other ways too before you can teach it to someone else. Uh, because if we were all taught the same way, well, well we I have. I, I, I'm not a normal. Question. Yeah, I'm not a norm. I'm not a typical yoga teacher because I have, as I said, I've got a limitation with my back, and there's certain there's certain things that I, I actually can't do <laughs> certain positions. So I, oh, but yeah. I know how to do the modifications when I'm in a class that so you know I'm sitting in front of a teacher that brings in you know this position like there's a position called down dog where you you're you uh, you um you rest on your um uh, front hands and you and you've got your back you kind of bend over you've got your back feet uh, down and you're 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 bent over on the floor so you're on all fours but you've got your your um your butt up in the air and your head down like sure. that it's called down dog it's kind of an, an approximation of, of what it, the description of it and I broke my wrist uh, some years ago, and I can't do that because it it over hyperflexes my arm, yeah. my wrist. And so, but I can do wall dog. I can do it on the wall. So I just do it on the wall instead a variation. of variation. Right, it's a variation, right? So there's the, where there's a will, there's a way. We just have to. I mean, if if humans are anything, they're adaptable. Yeah. So as a yoga teacher, you want to be adaptable so that you can you can you can help your clients uh, that the students. Um, have a have a, a a beautiful experience. That's what they're yeah. going. Have have uh, have yoga options because yeah, because mm -hmm. not like you just said, like we like we talked about, not everybody is able to uh, bend correctly. Like I said, chair yoga would probably be better for me, uh, mm -hmm. for just not because because of my back, but because of uh, I'm diabetic, and uh, years ago I lost, uh, I got a, a I had a cut on the bottom of my foot and it got inflamed. And even though we were trying to get it healed up, I ended up getting a a um, a, uh, uh, a virus basically in my in my bone, and I ended up losing uh, my big toe and the ball of my foot. So my balance is horrible. So uh, oh, goodness, yeah, yeah like if chair. I bend over, if I stand up to bend over, I have to do it a certain way. I have to move one of my legs the other way to keep balance. Because if I stay straight and try to bend over. If somebody were to just walk up and poke me on the back, I'd fall right over. So, uh, yeah, but it's all, for you. yeah, I learned how to, uh, I, I didn't even go to therapy for that. I taught myself how to walk differently. So I mm -hmm. looked because I was no longer on that foot able to do heel toe. So mm -hmm. I was just, I taught myself to just pick my foot up and move it, move it forward. Just pick it up, move it forward. And that's, I've been mm -hmm. doing it for so long. I just. I don't even think about it now. It's just I do it, but you know with, that's a that's a remarkable rehab that you did. Yeah, okay. right. It worked out pretty good for me. And good but, for you. but what you do is a remarkable rehab uh, <laughs> because you give people options to uh, to be able to work around their own. Uh, I don't want to call them disabilities, but they but the people have different issues, and and so doing what you do, teaching people options uh, other other ways to do it instead of just the the uh, like you said the perfect version or the normal version 
is a, is a good thing. And and that's what I that's why I have this show so that I can bring people on the show uh, who can bring something else to them just the normal so that people know that there is more out there and we need more of this out there. We just need to have access to it, but we don't have a lot of access to it because again, it's not known as the normal thing, you know, or the, the Western medicine type of thing. So, so I'm also reading in here, um, so you also, like you said, you do one-on-one -on -one sessions, but you also do group sessions. How large of how large or or how large how large of a group can you actually do, where it still comes across uh, that everybody's getting your attention? Oh well, I um, the ancestral clearing is really where I do the group work. I, I oh, have okay. done uh, I did I've done trauma I've done trauma informed yoga. Um, I taught that uh, to about 50 people around the globe online when COVID first hit. Oh, wow. And yeah. In May after COVID hit, I, that was interesting. But it's, I have to say, it's difficult to teach that kind of yoga in a online because I, I'm used to bodies in the room and yeah. I can't track everybody on, right. on It's even with their camera on. And they're little tiny. I can't see their whole body. It's very, and I can't feel them in the room. It's, it, right. it's just, I really felt. Um, I really, I really. I'll tell you, you'll 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 appreciate this. I think. I was used to feeling people in the room, and I knew how to adjust my class depending on what I was, the information I was getting. You know, our bodies yeah. speak to each other, right? My wife told me about the same thing. She she would be in a position, and I guess she wasn't just right, and. The coach would come over and go, oh, and just move her a little bit. And then she's like, oh, I feel better. So, yeah. So, so when, when I started uh, teaching um, groups on Zoom, I was like, wow, Elizabeth, you, you don't have the skill to feel everybody's the field. You know, I, so I went very deep into, I took a, I took a high level yoga teacher training like, you know, a high level, because I'd already had a bunch of it, but this is a high level yoga teacher training, just to deepen my own practice, sure. so that I could better feel the field in Zoom land. And you know what happened? Zoom land. <laughs> I love that. And I, and you know what happened? I, I deepened my practice and I, and I, and it, and it really helped me and my nervous system. Yeah. But I still wasn't in it, and I I was able to kind of better sense the world when I went out into it. But I'm still I it didn't help me with Zoom land. I'm still not able to sense the field. In I just wow, so very humbling. I'm totally with you. I I tell people all the time, you know, when they want to book a reading with me, even though I do readings on Zoom or uh, or some other type of fashion like that. But I prefer myself, I prefer to do an in-person reading because I get more. And when yeah. I get more, you get more. You know, yeah. when I'm with someone uh, getting ready to do a reading for them, I, even though I see spirit everywhere all day long and never turns off, that's the, I know other mediums who don't see spirit at all. They just see what's in their, in their third eye. I physically see spirit all day long and uh, see everything, dogs, cats, horses, cows, everything. They talk to me when a dog talks to me comes through his English. 
when I'm there with a person, I like to be able to hold their hand so I can really connect with them and then see who is really there with them. And and because of Zoom land has uh, has taken that away from us a bit. And so mm-hmm. like you, we have to adapt. Uh, yeah. But it's not always an easy adaptation because because it, it did take so much away from what we actually do. Well, I, 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 I'm talking to you about group experience. Yeah. Now, yeah. My, 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 my yoga, my online, yoga class, yeah, my online yoga class um, now is about six people max. And I don't have any problem tracking them. Right. If it's what yeah, I do, I, I do, uh, I used to do a, a festival circuit and I was able to do uh a, a workshop where I would talk to a large group of people, but that's hard to do, like you said, in in a Zoom type of meeting where you're you can't keep track of everybody. Yeah, so it's harder. Yeah, you have now to I do, have, have one vision, and hopefully everybody is listening and getting what you're saying. I do um, I do uh, individual sessions every day somewhere on the planet on Zoom uh, or with ancestral clearing or coaching or whatever it is. And I don't have any problem tapping into that the, the, the individual. It's when I have to get a big, a big, you know, more more than like ten people, and then I've got it. Then I've got like I just lose track. I just, I yeah, just me, yeah, me too. I I like to do the I and yeah, I do the one on one readings, and I don't mm-hmm. have a lot of problems, even though I would like to be in front of that person. Uh, yeah. but I still get uh, all the information they need. But trying to do it in a large group is yeah, just it's hard. It's so hard to keep track of everybody and try. Not just to keep track of them, but keeping track of them uh, paying attention because, because oh, you know, people are always doing this uh, in a large group. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, what did she just say? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. You know, it's easier when you got when you're, you got this going on, you know, instead mm-hmm. of just trying to go, uh, okay. And then you just have to hope for the best. But yeah, the, uh, unfortunately, uh, the whole COVID thing has has caused us to make a lot of changes uh, that we are just not used to, and as so we're now this is a a new platform that we are trying still trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, yes, I do group stuff and I do individual sessions, and and uh, and it's just been an interesting challenge. That's all. So how do you? Because I'm gathering you're you're very busy a lot. How do you take time for just you? Oh, I love that you asked that question. <laughs> uh, I spend, uh, as so important, right? Yeah. That would be part of my integrated yoga practice, balance, right? Yeah, balance. Uh, there's this I used to have balance until they took my toe off. There you go. Now you have to <laughs> adapt to that and find more balance. There's a, yeah. there's a, there's a, um, a word in one of the 10 uh, ethical codes in yoga the word, it's a Sanskrit word, it's called brahmacharya, and it means right use of energy. So that's part of my yoga practice is to like, how am I going to do? So you're asking Elizabeth, how do you, you know, use your energy? Do you use, are you using brahmacharya? And I'm like, yes. And the way I do it is eight hours down. I may not be asleep for eight hours, but I'm eight hours down. If I'm not asleep, I'm meditating. Right. So I rest the body for eight hours. I'm up. I actually do um, my work for eight hours, and I and the the other eight hours is um, uh, personal is self care and service work. Right, in some way or fashion, 
you rest the body. Oh, yeah. It doesn't yeah. always have to be sleep. can be yoga as well or something that is going to soothe and calm your mind down and try to get as because I tell people all the time we can get messages and and everyone can get messages. But in order to have clear messages, you have to have a clear mind in order to do that. Well, quiet um, mind. Yes, yeah, you, you, can't, you can't have a mind that's racing 100 miles an hour yeah, all the time. That's, that's the value of meditation. Because you end, up, you end up not getting even half the things you plan to get done. You, you end up not getting those done because you're always constantly trying to think ahead. You have to learn to slow down. Yeah, well, we need to stay in the present moment. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. And, uh, yeah, not, that's not all the information is. Yeah, not not get too far ahead of ourselves, and uh, and uh, but uh, trying again, trying to get people to to learn that and understand that is also not easy. How do you accomplish that with your students? You know, that's an interesting question because um, so many of my clients have a have unresolved trauma, and so one of the things I ask them after I do an ancestral clearing is do you have, can you sit still? Can you sit still? And most people can't. Now, why is that? Because uh, sitting still is actually right. a trauma response. Yeah. We fight, flight, freeze, shut down. Yeah. So we we have unresolved trauma in this in the system. And you ask somebody to sit down, what are you doing? You're putting them in a potentially in a trauma response. And then that you that this is not what we're going for. Yeah. So so what I normally will do is I'll work with um, someone who, no, I can't sit still. So I'll do an ancestral clearing around the sitting still issue. Mm-hmm. If it's like, if, if they've got this in their history, uh, sit down and shut up. If you put <laughs> that in their system, no, they can't sit still. No. So I help them release that uh, sticky stuff. And then um, I'll put them into a chanted uh, a moving meditation so that they still have the meditation experience to help calm the mind, but their, their body has, has something to do. And it's a, it's a great way to, um, I'm hesitant using the word hypnotize the mind, but it, it has a way of lulling, lulling that, that very active negative mind into, into, uh, into calmness. So that's the way I start with people that are that can't sit still. I don't have them sit still. I make sure that they're actually moving and 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 they're doing a kind of a moving meditation. That's an option. So yeah, we start yeah, in yeah. stages. I meet people right where they are and we we work with them there. Yeah, because you have to uh and part of that as well is finding someone who is willing to do this as well. Uh mm-hmm. I've met some people who uh, who tell me I can't do this I can't do this and I tell them it's not that you can't do it it's just that you won't do it you have to you have to be willing to to try something different uh, it's but that's not always easy to do but again when you give them options to to do that you're not actually, like you said you're not actually telling them to sit still you're actually uh, kind of um, persuading them into uh, another way of looking at it, just giving them a different perception or a different, uh, yeah, just a different way of looking at it. Yeah. Uh, no, you're, you're not, you are calming your mind down, 
but you don't even, you realize it, but don't realize it because I'm having you occupy yourself in a different way. That's all. We're having them calm their nervous system and the mind follows. Yes. Yes. As, right. as that uh, song used to say, uh, uh, I think it was a band called Salt and Pepper, uh, free your mind and the rest will follow. Yeah, but you got to free the body first. You got to yeah. you got to calm the body before the mind will, right? Yeah, because because we everything here works in tandem. What well, you can't just do one; you have to do all. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and people just they they only see they only look at problems as specific specific things, and not so much as being well. It all it's compounded from something else. Oh, I didn't realize it was that. Well, yeah, because because you were only focused on the one problem. Uh, but you uh, try to bring that out in people, which is great. Uh, I really like I when I was reading your um, your uh, your your bio here that I'm looking at right now. I just I myself never really heard of what you do, uh, and when I when you when I put that ad out looking for people and you you approached me and then when i said hey send me your bio and when i read it i was like wow this is a lot and i was i was happy to see that because i was like this is something i've never had anyone on here on my program who does what you do specifically and not that you do just one specific thing because Again, you bring the ancestral clearing into it as well with the with the uh, with everything else you do. And when I was reading that, I was like, "Yeah, I got to have this lady on my show because <laughs> I knew this was going to be good." I was I was really glad to have you on my show. So since we just about covered everything, um, can you tell me or tell my audience? Where they can find you? How can they? How can they reach out and find you? Because that's my big thing: reaching out and being able to connect with these people. But they need to know where they can do that. So, where can they find you? Great. Yes, they can find me at my website, which is Elizabeth with a Z hyphen Kip dot com K I P P like Peter Pan. You have to put the hyphen in there, the dash Elizabeth-Kip.com, because ElizabethKip.com is a web designer and a photographer, and she's amazing, but she's not me. She so, doesn't do what you do. <laughs> she'll she'll, she'll you go to ElizabethKip.com, you'll yeah. get to her, but go to Elizabeth with a hyphen Kip.com and you'll find me. And you can uh, you can book a session. You can there's lots of, of free um, blogs and there's tons of information in there. There's a, a resource page. There's uh, I've got all kinds of books for sale and and I've got a I've got some free offerings. So um, you know c- come on over. All my social media links are there. I'm kind of all over social media. So uh, I'd be delighted to hear from you and and thank you so much for offering space for me today, uh, Daniel. I really appreciate it. I needed to have you on my show and I needed your space to be in my space because like I said, yeah, again, after I read everything, I was like, nope, never heard of this. And because I've never heard of it, I'm not sure how many other people have ever heard of it as well. And I feel that they need to hear it. They need to know that there's something else out there. There's another option to do, especially uh, myself who has also uh, experienced uh, chronic pain earlier in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. it, 
when you're only going to doctors and doctors are only telling you one thing and it's not working for you, it, it does become very frustrating after a while. And uh, we don't always know that the uh, there's other options out there because, you know, a lot of the Western world wants us to believe there are no other options. You just have to come see us. But I'm glad that uh, I'm glad. I wish I would have had this years ago. Uh, but uh, but it's here now and you're here now and you're helping people now and uh, and hopefully still going to be helping people in the future. Uh, but uh, we will uh, at the end of the program, we'll put your links up on uh, on the video itself so people will know uh, how to find you. Uh, thank you. But uh, absolutely, thank you for coming on my show. Uh, thank you for, for taking up the space on my show uh, because the space is welcome. And I've really enjoyed you coming on here and, and giving a, a, a really good detailed version of, of what you do because uh, because it's not just like, hey, I do this and I'm done with it. You know, you really explained it and uh, and that's what people need. Uh, so I'm again, thank you again for coming on the show. And uh, is there any last words of wisdom that you would like to give everyone out there? Well, I, I thank you. Uh, I, I would like to say I, I wrote a book, The Way Through Chronic Pain, Tools to Reclaim Your Healing Power. You can get on Amazon or go to my website and get an autographed copy from me. Also, um, I would like everybody to remember this, if they remember anything from this interview. The greatest healer in your life lives inside of you. That's right. I was just thinking that when you were saying, when you were saying <laughs> the greatest healer, I was like, yeah, the greatest healer is inside of you. Uh, but you have, to, you have to want to be able to bring that out. And no one wants to live with chronic pain the rest of their lives or they want to find a way. Uh, there's always a way. You just have to have faith uh, within yourself to go out and find that way. And and I hope that they go out and find you uh, because you. I know you'll be able to help them. So again, thank you for having our uh, Thank you for being on my show. I was about to say thank you for having me on your show, but that's because <laughs> I do a lot of interviews on other shows. Uh, but uh, again, we will we will put your links up and uh, and absolutely uh, tell everybody where you are and what you're doing. And uh, uh, as I say to everyone here on my show. Uh, uh, thank you for coming out and thank you for being with us here on Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson, me, and be sure to have a great day. Be good and don't do any stupid shit. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. For more information about Elizabeth, please visit her website at https colon slash slash elizabeth-kip.com. Thanks for watching and we will see you next time on Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson.